Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Thrive Circles. I'm your co-host, Chris Angel, here with our host, Tara Weir. Hello, Tara. Hello, Chris. How are you today? Good. Happy. Today's Thursday. It's happy Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Happy Thursday. Uh, <clears throat> great topic today. I think there's a lot of people who will resonate with sort of where this conversation will go, but um, you want to kick us off just with, give us a frame here. Yeah. So, um, well, the, the topic came up during my Thrive Circle today mm-hmm. and um, the the idea of showing up for ourselves, um, whether we're retired and we're figuring out what our next next um, calling is, or whether we're in a leadership role in a company, um, how can we how can we really leverage the power that comes from showing up for ourselves? Um, mm-hmm. And so we talked a little bit about what that looks like and mm-hmm. how we can accomplish that. Um, and it was a really, really powerful conversation. So I thought it would be cool to share yeah. that with you. I think, uh, you know, if I, I hear that showing up for myself, I think I, um, and obviously I've been on my own path for a while, but if I hear that, I think, oh yeah, that makes sense. But then if I thought about like, how do I do that? You know, I think that gets a little bit like, I don't know how to show up for myself. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, po- that was the question I posed was to the person that was exploring this for themselves mm-hmm. was what does it look like to show up for yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talked, we, we shared different ways that we, we mm-hmm. do that. Um, and I shared a book that I highly recommend. It's called the true source of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's by Tenzin Wang Yal Rinpoche, R-I-N-P-O-C-H-E. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a Buddhist, I think he's a Buddhist monk or anyway, with a Buddhist background. Hmm. And um, he recommends the process of the three S's um, to to have stillness, Hmm. to have silence, and to have spaciousness. Hmm. So those are the three tools that he recommends. Um, He has some other really fabulous pieces that he brings in around the different elements of fire, water, air, and earth. Um, yeah, it's a really cool book. So, and part of why we came on this book was because we were talking about how we distract ourselves when we're at home or when we're out in the world getting things done. And that in order to really know our true, what, what is our right next step, whether it's one item on our to-do list or whether it's, you know, what we're going to do with our, our vocation right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we're really good at distracting ourselves from it for multiple reasons mostly from fear but that we um we tend to be able to be really present when we're in nature Hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so that was that was one way that we we said that we can show up for ourselves is is by being in nature and um and the practices of stillness silence and spaciousness um those practices can really be um Hmm. to to practice that and to be a leader on a team or to be a leader in one's own life to show up as our best Mm -hmm. they're they're critical skills yeah i could see um the i could see a lot of people saying yeah i i when i'm in nature I can be still or I can, I get present and I'm there's spaciousness for my, in my brain or in my heart or just, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think there would be a lot of people who say, you know, most of the time, I just don't have time to get in nature or 
I want more time in nature and I can't have it. And so there's, there comes this, like, how do we bring the stillness, the silence, the spaciousness to any given moment? And I'm curious mm-hmm. if anything opened up there or what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, that's, that's the trick. And mm-hmm. that's why I think mindfulness is such a great practice because I practice mindfulness when I'm washing my hands or I practice mindfulness when I'm washing my dishes Mm -hmm. because I want to practice being in the moment. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll sit or I'll walk onto my deck and I'll just notice the the sky because I'm, I have trees in front of me, but I also have sky open sky above me Mm -hmm. and I'll stand there and I'll be quiet and I'll be listening for whatever I hear and then I'll notice the spaciousness and I allow this like opening happen in my chest and my mm-hmm. heart and my mind that says, okay. And I ask myself, what now? Mm-hmm. What now? Um, sometimes it's what now, what do I do with my time? I have some free time. Sometimes it's what now, um, wh- how, what direction do I want to take my business? Mm-hmm. You know, what now? Um, mm-hmm. So that's a question that I ask myself pretty regularly to, to try to be present in the moment and be aware and listen. Mm. One of the, one of the women shared this incredible metaphor um, that she grew up on a farm and there was an area over on the farm that was just like flowing with water. There was just like, just kind of coming up out of the ground and it was an artesian well. Mm. And, um, and so she uses this visual to go into her place of quiet, of stillness, silence, and spaciousness by envisioning the well and that she's going to her own inner well to hear the wisdom of, you know, what now? And sometimes what now is stay still. Sometimes what now is stay silent. And sometimes what now is notice the spaciousness around you, you know, because it can get really easy to get really focused and stressed. Yeah about the circumstances of life mm-hmm. that are happening around us and that when we we get still we can we can and tune in and see that we actually have spaciousness in our world in our life um, and yes being being busy I mean it takes time but I I know from my own experience that when I do when I do take time moments, not even like hours, I'm not talking half hours, even I'm just talking moments, moments throughout the day where I pause and I take a deep breath and I just say, okay, what now? And sometimes it'll be in the middle of a coaching call. Sometimes it'll be in the middle of a break. Sometimes it'll be when I'm eating lunch Mm -hmm. and, and I just listen. So it's, it's not, it's not something that has to be done on a round pillow with our legs crossed. It's something that can be done um, anytime in a, in a flash as a practice. Yeah. I love that. I read, uh, I read, I, I listen on YouTube. You can find this on YouTube. There's a uh, Napoleon Hill wrote outwitting the devil like a hundred years ago, but it wasn't <laughs> released until I don't know, in the last decade or so. <clears throat> and um, he uh, uses a phrase called hypnotic rhythm like 90, I don't know, in the book, he says like 97% or 98% of the world are, are in a hypnotic rhythm. And mm. we just go about our life and we do what we do. I've always done. And um, if I think about like, why, why does this practice this showing up for, our, why does this showing up for ourselves 
as leaders, why, why is this practice so powerful? I think my experience before diving into mindfulness was just um, a lot of go, 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 a lot of hustle, mm-hmm. a lot of, um, and then the angst mm-hmm. that came with it, the worry, mm-hmm. um, the obligation response, there was stress, so much yeah. stress. If we think about the mental health issues circling right now in society, there's a lot of um, mindsets that are contributing to the mental health mm-hmm. issues, right? And and I, the hypnotic rhythm that we're in mm-hmm. that we that goes unchecked um, keeps us in, I think, some of those mm-hmm. energies. But I love this idea that in, inside of stillness or silence or spaciousness, there is a pattern interrupt. There is an opportunity for something mm-hmm. new. <clears throat> and um, I really, wow. I, I, I think that's really important right now, in our, especially in corporate culture, but. Yeah, especially. But in, sure. in life in general, so. <clears throat> yeah, but even in nonprofits, I mean, there's always, there's always more work to do and there's always more bills to pay and there's always more things to worry about. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's kind of a modern day challenge that our stress level and our, our stimuli is so much, especially with the internet and social media, their stimuli is so, can be so overwhelming um, that I think part of, part of my job for myself and the way I show up for myself is to, to weed that out as much as I can um, to have the space that instead of listening to music all the time in my house, when I have time between events and such, I allow silence, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of just staying in the living room, if it's a nice day, I'll go outside and I'll work outside, you know, get, get the spaciousness of the air. So, um, but it, it's powerful because we can tap into our creativity. We can tap into our truth. We can tap into um, what's really ours to do or not do. Um, I think it's the wisdom that's within us. And I, I know from my own experience that I, I fill my calendar and I have a very robust to-do list um, that I that I use on a regular basis throughout the day to kind of guide my day. And, Mm. and I know that I, I am more in the flow of my life when I take those pauses Mm. and I allow for Mm. wisdom to come out instead of having my to-do list drive me all day or to have my calendar drive me all day. Yeah. Right. I was going to add, that's perfect. I was, I was, um, noticing that I think sometimes we think of silence, stillness, spaciousness as recovery, right? Like mm-hmm. I just want to get back to zero. I just want to get back to neutral because mm-hmm. I'm depleted and, and a little stillness will give me, will get me back to normal. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But to your point, I think, I think if we could look at productivity, the productivity of stillness, mm-hmm. right? The, the wisdom of still that, that, that in the stillness, there's a whole new possibility available that forwards the intentions that we have, but they're not accessible in our hypnotic rhythm. They're not accessible in our mm. normal patterns. Right. That wisdom doesn't come through unless right. there's spaciousness and stillness and yeah. silence. Yeah. So I love that you pointed yeah. to that because I think that's, I think that's true. Yeah. And I think part, I love what you just said about the idea of kind of, we do it to get back to, zero right get back to the baseline Mm -hmm. and and my argument would be that it's 
it's just like anything that you do practice with, the more you practice, the stronger we get and the easier it is to get into the flow of that. So if I'm, if I'm wanting to play a piece on the piano and I practice that and I practice that and practice that, and then when it's time to play it, I can play it. Mm. But then if I don't practice it and it's time to play, then I'm stuck and I'm stilted and I'm, but if I'm, if I've done the work, so if I'm, if I'm practicing this stillness and spaciousness before I get to the overwhelm and to the overstressed, mm-hmm. um, then it's quick, it's easier and quicker to get back to that baseline. Um, mm-hmm. uh, from my experience. Yeah, that's true. I've been, um, <clears throat> I'll take walks uh, up the hills behind my house and I will, um, mm-hmm the first half I'll pick a mindfulness word, one of the seven tenets of mindfulness, right? I'll say beginner's mind or gratitude or something. And I, I'll just sort of work through that word with things in my life that I'm, if it's gratitude or what things I'm grateful for or whatever. And um, what I've noticed now after doing this for several months is just the muscle that has formed the, the um, I can mm-hmm. be in that state now, not just walking, but I can almost be anywhere. And my state has been shifted, elevated, mm just because of practicing it, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I know what it feels like to, and I know how to get there. I know how to get to gratitude faster. Mm-hmm. Past, you're like, wow, grateful. Yes, I'm grateful. But then it feels like you're lying to yourself because you can only see the, the, <laughs> the obstacles you keep bumping up against. But mm-hmm. Practicing gratitude, it just comes easier now. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Just from practice. Yeah. yeah. I think that unfortunately that it doesn't come in a magic pill. It, it it comes from practice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And and I think intention too, because I, I love the expression. I don't know who wrote this, but um, stop glorifying busyness. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I just I love that because I think we as a culture tend to say, you know, like, mm-hmm. no, I'm absolutely too busy. Well, what we do with our time is our choice. We are not a victim of our time. It is a choice that we get to make moment by moment. And so, um, you know, how we prioritize, how we decide, how we, how we choose to make our time, um, you know, what we do with it is it's up to us. And so I, I love that expression of really trying to stop the busyness, you know, the, the busyness as a glorified as something special. Yeah. If we took that just for a second, maybe the last piece we can touch on here. I, because I'm thinking about uh, teams, leaders, and teams, leaders mm-hmm. in positions of companies, that there yeah. is a, it's a little counterintuitive to think, you know, silence, spaciousness, stillness is productive. And like, I can remember being a CEO and thinking, I need, I need my team to produce. How can I motivate them today? How can I inspire them today? And it was a lot of rah, rah, and, and not in not disingenuous, not like not like fake, but definitely of the of the energy of like let's keep going. Yeah, we don't, got we got just to do yeah. It. Don't stop. Mm-hmm. Don't be too still. Don't be too spacious. <laughs> you know, don't invite mm-hmm. too much silence. We can't just sit on our rumps and like hope things turn around. <laughs> you know, there's a cult of in, in a in a team environment. There's a cultivating maybe of how to be intentional with this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious what you have seen um, or what you envision for uh, a, a, a busy world, a corporate world that is embracing 
stillness, spaciousness, silence? Like, what do you think is possible? Oh, I envision, I envision breaks between meetings. So if I have a meeting from 12 to one, um, finishing the meeting, leading the meeting until 1255 Mm. and allowing for that space Mm. between one task and the next one, whether or one meeting to the next. Um, so when I coach, I finish five minutes before the top of the hour or the hour that, that we're wrapping up so that they have time for a biology break, you know, they can sure. take care of themselves or they can pause and shift their brain. And say, okay, now what's next? Uh, um, so I, I see that and there's an organization that I work with that, um, that utilizes that as a practice and it's fantastic. It's, mm. it's fantastic. Um, I can just see how it gives people this empowered feeling of like, I'm not, uh, I'm not at the whim of my back to back to back to back. Um, so I see that as a cultural shift that I would love to see more companies take on. Um, the beginning of meetings, I think we tend to just dive right in and, and what is the harm of a 60 second opening thought, right? Um, or let's, um, you know, I'm going to, let's, let's review the mission of our organization or let's pause and have a moment of silence for all the, all the fighting that's happening in the, the world right now, mm-hmm. you know, like creating time to be still and silent and spacious, um, in our calendars to create more time between events. Like I, I set a, um, I've set space in my calendar. So now I don't have things immediately back to back so that I can work that in for myself. Um, But it's a choice we have to make because if my schedule is available to everybody to always be able to, Oh, Oh, they're busy from one to two, but I'm going to meet with them from two to three. Mm -hmm. Then that's setting ourselves up for, um, for a pace, a pace that's, Um, pretty intense. So I would love to see more organizations embrace mm-hmm. the supporting and encouraging people to have, have discernment over their own calendar and break, you know, put in those moments of breath mm-hmm. and um, actually pausing and eating lunch and those kinds of things. Yeah. And to the, that if you were a leader who was doing that, you would, <clears throat> you'd have to go beyond the, the scheduling of it to the, um, taking the spaciousness in the fight, like, you know, like there's not, don't just right. fill the time that you've created with, with something not, not mindful, but to honor the space you've created. And I think it is easy for us to yeah. dump things into open spaces, you know, like, Oh, I have space. Yeah. I'll just check another thing off my list rather than right. take the time you so brilliantly created and have some stillness, have some spaciousness and some silence. Yeah. No, that's true. And you couldn't do it for, you know, and it, you would have to do it first in order for your team to, mm-hmm. to do it too. You're like, hey, we're going to end the meeting five minutes early so right. so that you can go be mindful. But then none of your team does it and you don't know how to invite them to do it because you don't do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's a. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you have to definitely be the, the practicer and the model of it. I have a I have a team that I work with and the the team says that the manager says, um on a regular basis, I don't want you working on the weekends because you, you know, you have lives, you have families, you, you know, I don't work, you, want you working on the weekends. Meanwhile, 
this manager is sending emails all along the weekend, <laughs> not necessarily expecting that they're going to be on the ball responding, right? Yeah, yeah. But they're not living what they're speaking. So it's, yeah. it loses, you know, they kind of lose credibility yeah. because they're not modeling what they're saying is important. Yeah. I, I feel like there's something in here. Like this is a big topic. And it's a big, you think about it as a practice, um, showing mm-hmm. up for ourselves as a practice has many modalities, many ways you could do that. Yeah. <clears throat> but just like, uh, maybe I said this in our last episode, but um, when Mel Robbins did her five, four, three, two, one thing, it was a very simple practice that covered a lot of other, you know, it was an access point to getting into motion. And I, I could see something that thrive, you know, that there's something similar, like five minutes, schedule five minutes of cushion on the end of any meeting that that's mm-hmm. your access to practice. Mm-hmm. To thrive. To thrive. There you go. Yeah, beautiful. Get home. When you get home and you pull, you drive into the driveway, give yourself five minutes. I, I don't five know, minutes. five minutes. What if you had five-minute yeah. buffers on everything? Like yeah. five minutes, five, five minutes, minutes. To, to transition. I mean, we are constantly transitioning and allowing ourselves a little bit of space, you know, even two minutes or three minutes where we sit and yeah. we don't fill, we don't look at our phones, we don't we don't organize our car. We don't, we literally mm. just are there sitting in present mm. for two minutes. I mean, how many of us do that? I, I generally don't. I, I pull in, I grab all my stuff and I go into the house and I get right into what's next. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's a practice and the more we do it, that I like to that in the, the way you ask the question, like what, like what now or what's next or mm-hmm. is that, is, is that how you said it? Yep. What now is how I said it, but it's the same idea. What next? I know if I pulled into my driveway and I sat there, I could be like (laughs) all the chatter that happens, but there's something about a question like what now that Mm -hmm. invites a different space, spaciousness, stillness around. Mm -hmm. Listen, Mm -hmm. it it invites listening versus I'm still, but my, my mind is racing on all the things I'm putting off for the next two minutes. (laughs) Right, right. I'm sitting there worrying about the list. Yeah. 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 That's great. I love that. Five minutes and ask what now? I mean, just this very simple access point yeah. to how to practice. Yeah, very, sim- very simple. But wow. the goal is to thrive, you know, to yeah. thrive in our work, thrive in our personal yeah. lives, thrive in our health. So hmm, I love that. Good practice to consider. Yeah, definitely. Love that. Wow. So good. Well, those of you listening, I can't wait to, I mean, you know, reach out to us and let us know how mindfulness has made a difference for you and, and how practicing yeah. showing up for yourself, maybe even how you show practice that. How do you practice showing up for yourself? I'd love to hear that. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> um, if you want to learn more about Thrive Circles, you can go to thrivecircles.org, thrivecircles.org, click on the appropriate link to get to the community. Um, it's an application only community, right? We don't just take anybody that can pay yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, because we want to curate a space that is safe and is um, uh, enlightened and, and um, high level. So mm-hmm. High functioning, I think we've said so. Yeah, which it sounds like is going sp- splendidly. Like I, every time we check in on how it's going, Tara, I love that how how yeah. your community is responding to it. So, yeah, it is. It's really a, a really marvel. <laughs> it's such a great thing to see how yeah. the connection is happening and the support and the exploration and the mm-hmm. just the the space. To, there you yeah, go. The right. space for everyone to bring yeah. what they need to bring and. Yeah, yeah, that's a good really, point. Really Talk cool. about like having a cushion, like a ninety-minute cushion, on a weekly basis. It it is a space to practice, 
spaciousness, yeah. stillness, silence, listening, yeah. interact. Like it is a, it's a 90 minute built in mechanism every week to practice showing up it for is. yourself. It is absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. it's hard. It, I know that sometimes without the scaffolding of a container or a structure to show up for, we like the idea of showing up for ourselves, but it's, it's a lot harder to, to actually follow through. It's like saying, I'm going to go to the gym, but then I don't. But yeah, when you have great. a group of people that are showing up and you say, I'm, I've put myself in this structure, it's easier to show up for yourself because there's yeah. a structure for it. And that's what the five circles is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a community of people that are doing just that, yeah. you know, so you're in good company. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. Everybody's doing the same thing. So you're, you know, you don't feel weird or, or yeah. outcast yeah. or like, I'm a, I'm a misfit. Everybody right. fits. <laughs> so good. Okay, gang, uh, go to thrivecircles.org. Um, Tara, thank you. And um, we'll catch you in the next episode. All right. Thanks, Chris. Take care.